Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. On holiday, there's nothing like doing nothing. As an Expedia member, you can save up to 30% when you add a hotel to your flight so you can go out there with great ambition to do absolutely nothing for less. Expedia. Made to travel. Hey, Matt, ready. Before we start, let's talk a little bit about Stamps.com. Yes. If you send mail, if you send packages, if you send anything, you need to be using Stamps.com. There's no, uh, it's just fabulous. There's nothing to say about it. They've been supporting us forever. They're really, really good. You get discounts. Also, you don't have to go to the post office. You can send stuff out. You do it all from your computer. No long-term commitments. Start up right now. Stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code PEN for a special office that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Go to Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the page and enter... Hey, let's go! Yeah! We're starting. It went right into it. It went under very smoothly. Yeah. Here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Pun Sunday School. I'm Matt Donnelly, and honestly, I, I genuinely have no idea where Goudel is. This is the fact. This week, Penn has got all kinds of things happening in his life, personally and professionally. And we're going to go into it in that order. <laughs> Here he is, preaching the love, Penn Gillette. Preaching the love, Penn Gillette. Here, and you know, um, is there a term for the opposite of buyer's remorse? Uh, buyer's enthusiasm. Buyer enthusiasm. Buyer's buyer's smugness, maybe. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Buyer's smugness. I got to tell you. This is guy, Alex Frank, mm-hmm. who I've talked about before. Alex Frank is a monster bass player. He's wicked good. He's with Jeff Goldblum's jazz band. Ah. Now let's talk a little bit about Jeff Goldblum. Have you talked about Jeff Goldblum's jazz band ready? The Mildred Snitzer Orchestra. Is that what it's called? Yes. Okay. The Mildred Snitzer Orchestra. This is the thing, you know, you want to say about a celebrity that goes into other genres. Yeah. Our natural inclination is to stifle that down. Yes. You know, when Johnny Depp has a band, yeah. we kind of go, oh, Johnny's just using his celebrity. There's all that shit, you know? Whereas if he just showed up yeah. as a band, you'd be fine. And the Bacon Brothers and all of that, okay? Yeah. So Jeff Goldblum has a band, the Mildred Schnitzer Orchestra, right? Yeah. Now, Jeff Goldblum, if you asked him how good a piano player are you, he'd say, eh. yeah. you know, if you asked him how good a singer, eh. but he loves, loves, loves the music. Yeah. Loves the music and he loves to perform. And of course, Jeff Goldblum is a fabulous performer and he has a monster band because the band is subsidized by Jurassic Park, <laughs> right? Yes. Dinosaurs yeah. pay for this band. Okay. Yeah. You know, just like all the oil barons got rich off dead dinosaurs, so did Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Among other things, Jeff Goldblum has probably been He's not- He's done a few movies. 
he's not worried, you know, about his AT&T bill. I'm going to guess Thor Ragnarok also puts a little bit of money in his pocket. Oh, is he in that too? Yeah, yeah he's in that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's some jingle here and there. And The Fly. Who's, everyone's still watching that movie, right? So here's the deal. Here's the deal. He uses some of that money to pay really good jazz musicians. And he pays really good ones. Yeah. So, you know, why not have a hot band? Now, there's another actor who had a band who brought really good musicians. And I watched them play. And this guy, I think you need a modifier. This fucking guy. <laughs> I mean, a well-known dick, well-known drag. Yeah. I'm just not going to say it. I don't want to get into it. But he came on Sin City Spectacular. And the band that he had were monsters. I mean, our band, the um, Crimes Against Nature band, mm -hmm. they were very excited to see the guitar player, keyboard player, bass player, and the drummer. Yeah. They were very unexcited to see the lead singer and guitar player who was an actor. Ah. In kung fu movies. Kung fu you. Yeah. They were very excited because one of the guitar players is a monster, monster, monster. Okay? We were all very excited to hear him play in person. And this guy showed up and he had this monster guitar player playing an E chord, a, a 12 bar blues <laughs> in E, and had the guitar player playing rhythm. Oh. But, uh, this guy's better than Eddie Van Halen. Imagine you hire Eddie Van Halen and he comes in and plays E, 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 <laughs> A, A, E. It's like that classic. E, B, A, E. Todd Berry had that hunk when MTV, all the bands were always playing with orchestras was the next big move. Uh -huh. And he goes, you see these bands, these guys can play three chords and it's the, it's the world-class orchestra that has the sheet music in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what are they looking at? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, our band could not have been more disappointed. So I talked to this great guitar player afterwards and said, Steve, I'm not going to tell you who it is. Just tell you he's better than Eddie Van Halen. His name is Steve. And you're all thinking, oh, fine. No. Anyway. I said to him, what are you doing? He said, hey, I like Ben and Teller. I like coming to Vegas. It pays well. And I can play an E chord. <laughs> he said, and I get to solo a lot. Yeah. I don't mind someone else soloing. Yeah. yeah. No problem with him. No problem with him. You yeah. know, you get like the, the, the yeah. top Olympic athlete. The best runner in the world, you say, would you walk down to the mailbox and drop this in? Okay. I think if I was painted to go on, a, on tour with like an asshole magician, just had to keep making a little red hanky disappear yeah. to, the, to my fist. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. No that. problem. So um, Jeff Goldblum not like this. No. Jeff Goldblum lets everybody play. Yeah. And Jeff Goldblum also, from all reports, uh, uh, doesn't pretend he's great. Pretends yeah. he's a good entertainer. He's a good entertainer. Which is not pretending. He no, is. no, no. People have a great night out at this. Uh, he often does it in LA. So we're very happy with everything about Jeff Goldblum. Yes. And Alex is his, uh, is his bass player. Mm -hmm. Alex found this bass for me. I talked about this with Piff. He's been watching. He's the one person that comes to the show to hear the jazz. Mm -hmm. He's been watching us over these 10 years. And he said that up until last time he saw us, 
The base that I had was fine for my ability, but now I needed a better base. Oh. And he went to find a better base because I said, no, I'm not going to shop for a fucking base. You know me, Matt Donnelly. No. Am I going to go store to store, listen to bases and go, hmm, I don't know if I this feel- This is the one. Yeah. No, no, no. But I said, you find me a base, I'll buy it. So he found me four bases that were all very good and then said, of course, there's another one I played that's- it's the best bass I've ever played. <laughs> it's really expensive. Boy, is it good. You probably don't want to buy it, but boy, it's good. So he sent me a video, and even the video, little iPhone video, sounded good. So I talked to Teller. Now, Teller, as I said this on One Whole Show with Piff, I, he said, we do not economize on our tools. Buy it. No hesitation. Wow. Remember, Teller's paying for half of it. That's right, because it's for yeah, the show. Yeah. I mean, really, the email came back in 15 seconds. Yeah. We do not economize on our tools. Yeah. Beautifully put. I mean, you guys spend a lot of money on stuff that does really weird, dumb, small yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, So We spend a lot of money. It's magic. Oh, that's all magic, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So we're derived in Saturday. Oh, it's here. It's done. It's Alex, it's Alex drove it in. And the base was made in 1948 by Paul Tonigas. Tonigas? T-O-E- N-N-I-G-E-S. How do you pronounce that? Tanigas. Tanigas? Okay. Made in 1948, and it's base number 38 that he made. Wow. The number. He made 44 bases in his life. This is number 38, and uh, only 20 we know where they are now. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, but it's more exciting now. I said to, to Alex, I said, do you know who this base belonged to? I mean- he said, oh, yeah, Dave Stone. Dave Stone is the first call upright bass player Sessions Cat in L.A. So I look up Dave Stone. Dave Stone, my age. Mm -hmm. And Dave Stone had died unexpectedly last year. Oh, geez. It's terribly sad. And if you look up Dave Stone, you have to, Dave Stone's a common name, so you have to whittle it down to bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ghostbusters? The color purple. Wow. Tron. Every movie in the world. Upright bass is Dave Stone playing my bass. So when you listen to Ghostbusters next time the soundtrack comes in, yeah. my bass sawing away right there. He's also played with Ray Charles, oh. Willie Nelson, Leonard Cohen. He's the upright bass player. The upright bass player in LA. And that's my bass you hear. So my children did not care at all that I was getting this <laughs> till I told them Spider-Man coming home main theme. Mm, that's my bass. Oh. Your bass is playing on Spider. Yes, it is. Before it was my bass, not me playing it. Yeah. So we set it up. You're gonna get so much better. We have it at the theater, right? Yeah. And Alex, as it's set there, we walk in, and Alex starts playing this bass. You can feel it in your chest. Ooh. It's a whole different sound. And you know how big our theater is. Yeah. No amplification fills it up. We were using amplification. Yeah, yeah. You know, with the audience in there and stuff. But it really, and Jonesy, where he sits at the piano, is directly in front of the bass. So Jonesy feels it acoustically and good. And get this. Now, you've probably not thought about this. I guarantee I haven't. Okay. But you've known Jonesy how long? 
13 years. Have you ever, just think back on it, have you ever seen Jonesy smile? No, yeah. No, 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 no. Ever seen Jonesy smile that wasn't at someone else's misfortune? <laughs> a smile of joy as opposed to uh, gloating at someone else's. I plead the fifth on this one. No, just to have you, just yeah. bring it to mind. Oh, no, I haven't. No. Jonesy for the whole pre show, grinning his fool head off. Really? He said, It sounds so good. I start playing, me, not Alex, me start playing. Uh, Zeke, Robbie, Kurt come out and go, Jesus Christ, what's that? Sounds great. Wayne, our uh, our sound man, former sound man for Judas Priest, but that's not important. That's not, go ahead. Knee deep in his own cum. <laughs> Boy, that sounds so good. Boy, that sounds good. I want to get to just the bites too. The mic is flat. He starts yelling that. The mic is flat. You know what that means? No. He hasn't EQ'd it at all. Uh, That's just the sound of the bass going out there. The bass, the mic is flat. That's just flat. That's flat. Wow. Uh, Teller, who put some jingle in, goes, which is very kind of Teller. Teller says, it's like you've been warming up with a lead baseball bat for 20 years. Oh, wow. Good metaphor. Yeah. He said, it sounds human. It sounds like a human voice. It speaks directly to you. The sound of this bass is gorgeous. And I even have another part of the story that might be even happier. You know our friend Lana? Yeah. You know that Lana has a son, Logan? Yes. You know Logan? Yeah. You know that when Logan was a mere taut, I had just started playing upright bass. Yeah. And taut Logan said, you know, um, I might want to play the bass. So I said to him, I just bought what was then my new bass, which is actually an older bass than the bass I got now. My old bass was made in 1936. I just bought that. And it was a nice bass. Yeah. A uh, big step up from the first bass I had, which is about $1,000. That was a like a rockabilly cutaway black rockabilly bass, right? Yeah. So I said to Logan, take my bass. You can have it on loan. Just take it. Logan became a bass player, went into symphony, became a composition uh, person at his college, ran the symphony, wrote arrangements, always playing that bass. Holy shit. And I, I, know, would, I know Logan. I had no idea. I would get videos and pictures. Here's your bass at UNLV's, you know, yeah, yeah. big orchestra thing. Here's your bass at, here's a bass on a composition that Logan did. So Logan graduated from college. Logan got a job as an engineer. And just because I thought it might be fun, I wrote to Lana and I said, hey, Lana, Logan, would he want to um, have my new, my old new base? Would he like to trade up yeah. along with me? And I said, here's the deal. I would uh, just give him the base and he would, I'll find out what's, what's, what it's, worth. What, what it's worth, you know, fair, fair price. Cause yeah. it's gone up in value since I've had it. Not because I've had it. Yeah. Although Jonesy said the fact that you've paid, it should add $50 to the price. <laughs> um, if I can tell you anything I've learned this summer, uh, sell it on Ticketmaster. <laughs> Get that fucking dynamic pricing. Up yeah. There. So, uh, this comes with a front row seat to Springsteen. <laughs> I said, you know, you don't, I, you don't have to, write a check 
just send me money whenever you want, you know, do you pay for it? Yeah. And Logan said, uh, great. So now the base kind of stays in the family. Yeah. And then Lana said, and he will trade in the other base. Yeah. I said, well, um, that's mine. Excuse me. <laughs> that's so sweet for someone who isn't thinking about whose base this is. Which is <laughs> <Just> mine. <laughs> so did you take your old base back? I haven't gotten it back yet. The, the trade hasn't happened. Okay. But I'll have my old rockabilly base back. <laughs> and then I've even got to have this wonderful... Um, Carbon fiber, mm -hmm. bright pink base right. that I have at home that is actually a very, very good base. Very good base. You have played that in the Pentatella show or no? I've never played the Pentatella show. So it's always been the, the one brown it's my home base. <laughs> and um, uh, More baseball uh, metaphors. Yeah. And uh, Alex came over and played that. You know, when he plays it, it sounds better. <laughs> and um, I think that in tune thing has something to do with it. Anyway, um... He said, this is a great bass, but it needs the neck redone and it needs to be restrung and da-da-da-da. So I'm getting a luthier, and I believe it's pronounced luthier. I believe it's not pronounced luthier. Okay. Which also brings us a little bit to the original guy who played with the uh, the guitar behind that, Steve. It sounds a little bit like <laughs> luthier, which is uh, actually pronounced, I think, luthier. Okay. But I've every I talked to a couple luthiers yeah. and said to them, you know, it's actually pronounced luthier. They said, what? So I may be wrong. <laughs> but I looked- You're fucking up their world. I looked it up in the dictionary. Yeah. And a dictionary thinks it's pronounced luthier. Hmm. But luthier seems right. Anyway, there's a luthier in town, a luthier, that I am going to give my- You've had adventures with a luthier before. I have, you? I have, I have. And I'm also troubled. You know, when you're talking luthiers- Yeah. You're also talking piano tuners. Yeah. And I'm very disturbed. There must be. Someone will write in and tell me this. Is there some town in the country that has a piano tuner named Opernockety? <laughs> you know that joke, right? No. You don't know that joke? No. See, I, if I had, if I were a piano tuner, yeah, which is one of the lesser known songs in Fiddler on the Roof, <laughs> if, I, if I were a piano tuner, mm -hmm. I would change my name, maybe not legally, but DBA, doing business as. In case you don't know, mm -hmm. Opera Nockety. Opera Space Nockety? No, I think Opera Nockety is one word. As the last name. Opera Nockety. Yeah, Opera Nockety Piano Tuning. Yeah. Because Opera Nockety was a piano tuner yeah. who was the best that ever was. Mm -hmm. And he came in and he had this beautiful Steinway Grand mm -hmm. that was going to be played by Oscar Peterson at Carnegie Hall. And Opera Nockety came in and he tuned Perfectly, perfectly, perfectly. And and this is a true story, by the way. Uh, he came in, Oscar Peterson said, ah, this has never been tuned better. This sounds great. Oscar Peterson played that night at Carnegie Hall like no one has ever played. It was fabulous. It was fabulous. And then the next night, he wanted it tuned again for another Carnegie Hall performance. Just tuned up just slightly, slightly. And so uh, uh, Oscar Peterson called Opernockety and he said, listen, Opernockety, you did such a good job. I need you to tune again. And Opernockety said, Oscar, don't you know, Opernockety only tunes once.
Now, with that in mind, yeah. if you were a piano tuner, yes. would you not call yourself opera knockity? Or would you be afraid? That people would only call you once. No repeat business. No repeat business. You'd be afraid of that? I would think maybe you wouldn't explain the joke. You'd just say yeah. opera knockity. And they say, what kind of name is that? And you'd say funny. It's a good one. That's all you have to say. It's a good name. It's a good one. Funny name. You don't have to say it's from this Oscar Peterson story, which is true, by the way. It's a, <laughs> it's a joke that I can never tell or I get fired. That's what I would say. <laughs> I can't tell you. Can't tell that joke. Can't, can't tell that joke. joke. I had a joke last night I wanted to tell uh, <sighs> that uh, would have gotten me- uh, Fired. Fired and canceled and ruined Teller's career <laughs> and closed down probably the Rio. But I thought about it very, very strongly on stage. As a matter of fact, it was all I could think about. That's hard. That's mm -hmm. difficult. Mm -hmm. But it would have, I mean, it's as bad as it come. Would you like to hear it? Yeah. Okay. We were doing egg bag. Mm -hmm. Bolsa de huevo. Bolsa de huevo. Yeah. Bag of the egg. Bag of the egg. We were doing the egg bag. And by the way, it's a very, very good trick. It's great. And by the way, it's a difficult trick. Yeah. Because after you worked with us, I went out that night and fucked it up. Because this is one of the many, many tricks in the Penn and Teller show where Penn appears to be doing nothing. Also, yeah. And in rehearsal, yeah. <laughs> what doesn't get said on stage, which doesn't get said in rehearsal is you constantly telling, telling Teller, check me, check me on this. Watch me on this. Make sure you double check me on this. You know, when you watch it, I'm doing nothing. I know. I Nothing at all. For, really. for uh, listeners, I believe it's, I believe you can find it on YouTube. If you look up Foolis and Kim Raver, mm -hmm. Kim Raver did it as a celebrity guest. Well, you'll see, I'm giving away a huge amount here, Yeah, but I'm doing nothing during that. Yeah. I'm doing the whole fucking trick. Yeah. It's, it's tough. So, um, we went out the first night and, um, I fucked up egg bag badly. I handed teller a trick that didn't work <laughs> and then stood there while he struggled. And I went backstage and said, um, I, I fucked that up so bad, Teller. I'm very, I'm very, I feel so awful. I feel terrible. I feel terrible how badly I fucked that up. Oh, I feel awful. That's terrible. And Teller said, in his very, very kind Teller way, yeah. Teller said, no problem whatsoever, Ben. None whatsoever. We'll get together for an hour tomorrow and work on that one move. He said that as a way to appease me, but actually, of course, punishing me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so, well, like you'll write your name on the blackboard for a hundred times. Yeah. And we went and did it, and then it went very well. And I'm going to tell you, I, I'm going to think about it a little more. I'm going to think about it just a little more, because maybe Glenn's going to call in and say, whatever he's going to say, don't let him say it. But um, first, I'll talk about Masterclass. Good. We're so excited to have them sponsoring our show. They are so Good. Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds. Do you remember that phrase? World's, world's best, best minds. minds. Anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace, you can learn how to do magic yep. from Penn and Teller. It's true. Now, what I just say about- World's best minds. Yes, Penn and Teller. And they teach these courses. Now, we worked with, um, with the Masterclass people, and they are really good. It's an I impressive mean, outfit, as they say. Teller, teller is really good at teaching. And Teller really knows magic. But I'm telling you, Masterclass made him better. Yeah. And even if you don't care about magic, yeah. if you're not going to ever perform it, the insights that mostly Teller, maybe all Teller, give 
and Johnny Thompson yeah. are really, really good. Well, if you're fans of the show, you're fans of Johnny Thompson. And yeah. it's a great document of Johnny and his work. In it. It's really good. It's really good. And you can take, uh, for one price, you get the Penn and Teller Masterclass, but also all these other ones. Yeah. All these other ones. Yeah. But people like Neil Gaiman and Ron Howard and astronauts and basketball players. Yes. Yeah. Not and, the same people, by the way. No, no. Yeah. No, no, no. Two different people. Yeah. And you can, uh, you can, uh, you learn all these things. Now, Ready Rich has been very serious about this. Anything you've done recently, Ready Rich? I'm still working my way through the Duffer Brothers. Mm-hmm. And enjoying that. What do they teach? They're the Stranger Things writers. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that's real people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's real people teaching it. I didn't talk about this the last time we talked about them, was uh, don't throw anything out. Oh, interesting. Even if it's bad, you'll end up using it later. Yeah, that's really true. That is very true. So and one, also, of their, one of their first movies never got picked up, and now it's a subplot in Stranger Things. Wow, yeah, exactly. That's a really, that's that's a really cool. smart thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep my files very, very careful. The other thing is make sure when you keep stuff, you label it. Yes. If you can't find it, it's no good. Uh, learn how to write anything from a book to a screenplay or just a letter. Learn to communicate with your boss or your family, how to make dinner worthy of a Michelin star, or just how to make really good scrambled eggs. There's courses on everything. Cinema quality classes that give you unparalleled access to a renowned instructor. Lessons range from specifically showing you how to execute a technique to an instructor's insights about their craft. That's the part I like more. That can be translated across many fields and disciplines. Explore a lesson in any order you like, on your phone, tablet, Apple TV, computer. Lessons are approximately 10 to 15 minutes, fit into your everyday life. Uh, besides video lessons, you also get supplementary material, like, you know, recipes, yeah. stuff like that. It's really, really, really good. 11 categories, 150 plus instructors, really good content, great videos, great classes on every steaming, streaming, not steaming platform, but, uh, steaming but, hot, platform. steaming hot platform. It's really, really good. Members get to learn all sorts of stuff. I highly recommend you check it out. Get unlimited access to every masterclass. And as a PSS listener, you get 15% off an annual membership and it's already cheap. Go to masterclass.com slash Pen. That's masterclass.com slash pen for 15% off. It's a really, really, really good deal. Speaking of good deals, Hello Fresh. Hello Fresh. Hello, Hello Fresh. Fresh. You get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on Hello Fresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Oh yeah. You know Godot uses it every night. Yeah, yeah. And when he's home. Yeah. He has his children do it. Have you used it? I have. They sent me a kit uh, recently. How'd and, you uh, like it? Oh, I loved it. They had a uh, good uh, vegan tacos. Vegan tacos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have like one pan recipes, all kinds of good stuff. Savor every second of summer with HelloFresh. HelloFresh delivers fresh quality produce from farm to your door in less than a week, allowing you to enjoy the delicious flavors of the season right from home. Getting back in the fall season can be busy, but weeknights can be made so much easier with foolproof step-by-step -step recipes ready in around 30 minutes or less. And it says the word foolproof here. Have we run a test on that? I have cooked two of these things. Were they proof from you? Yes. Good. 
Now, now I've, I've, yeah, I, say, I successfully cooked two of these things. Yeah. So, so it's it is foolproof. Foolproof. Yeah. Uh, now enjoy more variety than ever with Hello Custom. Swap out one protein or side for another. Upgrade for a more luxe experience or even add protein to a veggie meal. That means more choices, more variety, more meals. Truly tailored to you and your family. And it is trivial to make it ve- vegan. Yeah. Just the vegetarian. Just take out the cheese. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Uh, I really like it. I have cooked it. Well, there you go. So it's not only foolproof, but it's struggle-proof. <laughs> Sasquatch-proof. Go to HelloFresh.com slash PSS16 and use code PSS16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark gifts hellofresh.com slash pss16 don't put in 17 try to get 17 nope. free meals that would not be right pss16 hellofresh.com america's number one meal kit so i was feeling pretty good about yeah. doing the egg bag i'm feeling good about this being our last show yeah so. it, it, it will be <laughs> I was going to pick someone from the audience. Mm-hmm. I usually don't like to pick people who are too flamboyantly sexual. Okay. Because it feels like the audience might be thinking, oh, he just picks some very he's attractive person out of the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's not here for us. He's here for himself. Yeah. So there was a, there was a woman who was back quite a ways. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to pick someone from the egg bag. And her hand went up. And I could only see whatever she was wearing had white on the shoulders. Yeah. Right. I called on her and she came up. Boy, did she come up? She was making like a deli platter. (laughs) She had a white mini dress on. Oh, geez. And it was, uh, tighter than that. (laughs) No, no, no. A little tighter than that. Uh, and she was built in a way that the Commodores got back together and were writing songs about her in the audience. <laughs> she was also, um, I would say, pretty beautiful, attractive, and sexy. Mm-hmm. All of those things. They're all different. They are different. But they were all together. Choose two, I say. And she was um, flamboyant, mm-hmm. giggly, flirty, and perhaps a little bit drunk. Okay. She was so bubbly. She was so excited to be there. She was jumping up and down. And in the dress she was in and what was in that dress, the audience was pleased with her jumping up and down (laughs) and maybe a little uncomfortable. She was in very, very high heels. Yeah. And I think the high heels covered more of her feet then the dress covered the rest of her body. <laughs> she was essentially naked on stage. Mm-hmm. And we had our little egg bag. Yeah. And she was very excited to be on stage. Very excited. And she was squealing and screaming at every single thing that happened. 
if she had been a 12-year-old boy acting that way, she would have been the perfect audience member. <laughs> really, right. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. As she was, she was better than perfect. She was the whole show. Yeah. Now, the audience was fine. She was thrilled, happy, happy, happy. Yeah. But Teller and I were both scared <laughs> because we were playing with dynamite. Yeah. Who knows what she might do? Yeah. And she owned us. So if she wanted to take the show in another direction, the audience would go with her. Yeah. And she was also, as I said, in a very happy mood, uh, perhaps, you know, drug or alcohol induced. Yes. And um, very happy to be on stage. So if it could become her show instead of Penn and Teller's show, she'd be happy with that. And the audience might also be happy with yeah. that. Teller and I, maybe less so. <laughs> and Teller was only worried if he can get her to hold still long enough to hold the bag, this would be a great trick. <laughs> and when I handed her the egg to examine, is that a real egg? She said, can I throw it on the floor? I said, why is that the first thing that pops into your head when you're handed an egg? <laughs> I said, no, because then we couldn't do the trick. She said, okay. <laughs> and by the way, the answer is generally no. Whether it's a magic trick or not, if you were to encounter an egg, you probably shouldn't just throw it on the floor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just in general, the answer is no. No. <laughs> okay. Here's where I could have ended my career. <laughs> we get to the part, you know this routine well, mm -hmm. where the magic happens while she's holding Teller's wrists. Ah, yeah, yeah. When that happened. Mm-hmm. She's holding Teller's wrist. She's examined the bag. She's examined his hands. There's nothing in the bag. There's nothing in his hands. She's holding his wrists. Then an egg appears in the bag. She began screaming. And I mean screaming, no, 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 no. That did not happen. No, 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 no. And in between every one of her no's, I was going, yes, yes. <laughs> she was going, no, yes, no, yes, no. And this was probably repeated 15 times. <laughs> By the way, for the people listening, it's not the end of the trick. Mm. This is the halfway point. Oh, the end of the trick, she went even crazier. <laughs> she went out of her mind screaming and twirling around on stage. It was really perfect. Yeah. She was perfect. And... Everybody's a little uncomfortable that she might have been um, too attractive, but her, uh, her her composure and her, yeah, yeah. her action were all perfect. She was not upstaging. She was focused on the trick. She was. As she was screaming no in her little dress, yeah. jumping up and down, and I was saying yes, I had one line going through my head like a termite boring through with me going no. And then another part of me going, oh, but she would understand the spirit it was set in. Ah, no, that's the worst voice you can have in today's world. <laughs> and then the other voice in my head going, the audience will understand. Will. Mm -hmm. And then another part of my head was going, I don't imagine anyone's videoing this. <laughs> <laughs> Those three voices in my head, while the other part of my head is going, do not form those words. You're like, if you cannot stop from saying that, walk off stage and let Teller finish the trick alone. 
Do not say what you want to say. Your brain has Trump's legal team in your head. She's jumping up and down. Yeah. She's screaming, no, no, no. I'm saying yes, yes, yes. And all I want to say is, well, of course, you know as well as I do that no means yes. (laughs) How quickly would that have ended everything? That really would have put a pall over the room (laughs) for sure. How much would she have laughed at it? I, uh, Probably. She would, but if it was polite, it would have just hurt everything. <laughs> if she doesn't enthusiastically laugh at that joke. She's the sole arbiter of that landing. No, she's not. <laughs> You're just wrong about that. That's one of the voices in my head. was saying she's the sole arbiter and she's going to like it. Yeah. Because there could be someone else sitting in the audience that said, did he just say jokingly, no means yes? Did he just say that jokingly? Right. Now, I want to make very clear on this show, I did not say it. Didn't say it. I I did not say it. It would be wrong to say it. This is a powwow, a summit. That's not something to joke about. Yeah. It's not something to joke about. And I didn't. Yeah. You understand that this is a story where I did the right thing. Yeah. I, I was correct. Yes. Isn't that amazing? And this podcast is like the nuclear waste of that energy that you expelled. Mm-hmm. It's being buried deep. Yeah. You, it was restra- so much restraint. The energy of restraint that you had mm-hmm. is now just, this is the, this is just nuclear waste flow right here in this podcast. But we're, we're it had to go somewhere. We're okay to talk about we're it. We're okay to talk it, about it. It's it, a philosophical it, thing. Philosophical Entertainers discussion. to debate all kinds of jokes. Mm-hmm. And we can only talk, you know. Uh, what do you think of that, Ready? This podcast is now a 460-tire truck on its way to Utah. <laughs> <laughs> but you can understand someone having that joke in their head. Yes, and I can also understand that uh, 12 years ago, it's a, it crushes. Yeah. You know. As I've joked before, like people referring to their wives as a burden was funny from like cavemen to like 2002 (laughs) (laughs) and then not anymore, you know, but, uh, I guess uh, here's the other question. Yeah. Uh, could a, uh, a person who identified as female have done that joke to, yeah, to a fellow female or to a. To anybody. Or to, or to anybody. Yeah, probably. If uh, Carissa yeah. had a person on stage screaming no, 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 yeah, yeah. no, no, and she was screaming yes, 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 could she have done that joke? Yes, she could have. Well, good. <laughs> I'm not saying that's unfair. No, no, no. There was uh, at least- But you're saying, who could you write it for? 150,000 years <laughs> where people like us got to do that. Exactly. Our time has passed. Yeah, that's it. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Kind of or, and also like, uh, there's a place where if you were innocently, if it authentically occurred to you just from the magic trick perspective to say, actually, no, in this case, no means yes. And as if you were authentically in every fiber of your being, and then you were to catch yourself and then laugh and be like, no, 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 no. Matt Donnelly. Yeah. Don't say stuff like that. <laughs> what if there's someone listening yeah. who's on stage and that comes into their head? You've yeah. destroyed their career. Yeah, it's true. No. Yeah. No. No. In this case- If anyone's listening- No. In this, what, what Matt Donnelly just said, it's a perfect case of yes means no. 
<laughs> which you can do. Yes. Yes means no. Yes means no, which you can do. Yeah. As a matter of fact, around this discussion, yeah. everything means no. Yeah. And if anyone was listening, was like, oh, I was getting showbiz advice from Penn Sunday School. Keep in mind, you took it from me, and I want you to look at how successful I am. <laughs> So that was, it, it was an incredible performance. Yeah. When she, at the end of the thing, it's happened in her hands. Yes. And there's an empty bag. Yeah. She sees that it's empty. Then she reaches in and the egg is there and she pulls it out. Yeah. She was like doing jumping jacks. She was screaming. That's a fantastic ending. No way, yeah. no way, no way, no way. It was fabulous. Yeah. And then she went down the stairs to go back to her seat. And she said to the usher, I don't want to go back to my seat. Take me all the way to the ladies' room. <laughs> <laughs> and she walked all the way out. That's That's an exit. Yeah. That is an exit. And I you know, was, she was, she was, she's going to change into her non-show dress. <laughs> I was a little uh, afraid when she wasn't in the audience after that, that people would think she was a plant. Oh, but interesting. Yeah, yeah. No one would have thought that. No. Because uh, there's nobody in the world who could act uh, act that well. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. If it were Mark Rylance in that <laughs> dress on stage, you know what I mean? Yeah. You'd see through him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd just go. Go back to Jerusalem. Yeah. That's what you'd say to him. Go back to Jerusalem. And that was a, you, all your guys that was working with Johnny, yeah? What's that? Your your version of that trick was... was uh, it's all Johnny. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we Johnny, we worked with Johnny on it. I mean, I yeah. don't want to say it's all Johnny because Teller had some very smart things in it. Yeah. What I want to really say is there's no intelligence from that trick that's from me. <laughs> right, 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 right. It is, it is great. I mean, I got a wild hair when we were in lockdown, so I bought me an egg bag. And I was like, I'm going to try to learn this. And I got Johnny's book out and everything. And I couldn't make sense of it in Johnny's book. And then I got, I bought like other versions because you guys don't do that stuff. So I bought other versions that were available online for teaching. Mm -hmm. And they were terrible. They were really bad. It's a hard trick. And you guys do it. And it's great and impossible. And you hated that trick, right? Yeah. It was my least favorite trick. And that's why I decided to do it. Yeah. Uh, I said, only Johnny Thompson can do this trick. And Johnny said to me, not me and Talit, I said to me, you know, you hate that trick so much. You think only I can do it. I think you should do it. Right. And so I worked on it a little bit and then we turned into a Penn and Talit trick. That's, <laughs> that's when it got good. As you a, should turn into it. Is, it is great. You guys, because you and Talit play different roles. It is nice. Yeah. But uh, it's a good trick. It's a good trick. But that's I'll tell you, someone like her every night. Oh. Then. Well, actually, last night was really remarkable. Every person on stage was fabulous. Really? Oh, yeah. They were all focused on the tricks, in good moods, fabulous. Oh, great. And um, all incredibly good looking. Yeah. We had a young man on stage for the souvenir, for the mm -hmm. deck of cards named uh, Jackson. And he was um, followed directions perfectly and was... Very good looking young man. He was older than we usually go. He's probably 16. Mm -hmm. And um, he was wonderful. And then the person for Wackateller was wonderful. And the person for Jelly Bean, the new trick, was wonderful. Uh -huh. I'll tell you some showbiz advice. <laughs> <clears throat> if you were to speak on stage, 
Mm-hmm. Let's say you're speaking on stage. Yeah. Okay. You're going to talk on stage. You're talking to stage a lot. You're talking to the average audience member right now. Or you're just talking to me right. I'm talking to you. Let's say you're doing an act where you're talking. Are you talking to your act? I, I talk to my act. Yeah, yeah. And let's say you've got a bit that uses jelly beans. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And let's say it's the second bit in the show. <laughs> okay. Just hypothetically. Hypothetically. Okay. Second bit in the show. And let's say you think that it's really um, funny for uh, you to take three jelly beans yeah. out of the container of jelly beans that the audience is guessing how many and give one to Teller and take two yourself and pop them in your mouth. Yeah. You think it's funny for Penn and Teller to eat three jelly beans on stage and you're going to eat two of them. Yeah. Say they, they, all that's going. Say that's what I'm doing. And you get there the first night and you're just a little nervous because you know egg bags coming up and you don't remember how to do it. <laughs> and you also know that Elsie's coming up. You don't remember how to do it. Oh, that's right. You guys put Elsie back. And you've also forgotten the order of the show. <laughs> Say all that is true. And you're in the middle of jelly bean. And you pop into your hand two jelly beans. I'm talking about high quality jelly beans, jelly bellies. Delicious. Delicious. Two. Two. And you pop those into your mouth. The moment you pop them into your mouth, you have made a very bad decision. You've made a decision not on a par with making a joke about yeah, no means yes. Yeah. But just below that. Because that jelly bean will do things to your saliva glands ah. and to your throat. Oh, you're going to get that, that weird coat throat talk? That and to your teeth talk? and everything. So you're going to go, so we'll take these three jelly beans. We split them up just like we do everything else. Tell it gets one, I get two. Now, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, now you got, you, you, you picked a hand, you picked a handful of coins to begin to spin, and then you guess how many jelly, we're going to be in the, give me a moment, give me a moment. You're gonna <laughs> Give me another. We're gonna. So this is the number one thousand one hundred twenty-five because we eight three twenty, and you got and these two numbers. Thank you. Now we're gonna do donut on the ribbon. I gotta tell you, people, I got this. The jelly bean is stuck in, I know this is unattractive, but I can't get my. We gotta get you like a, one of those like little gerbil, uh, like water spouts. No, no. So I somehow claw fight scream my way to the next two bits, which are donut, yeah. which incidentally the crew calls dog nuts. Yeah, <laughs> dog nuts. Yeah. And then we go through a Spaniel. Oh, geez. I get through. <laughs> I run backstage. I grab a hot cup of tea. Oh, thank <laughs> I can't. <clears throat> I, the rest of the show. Really? The rest of the show. 
Wow, because we've rehearsed. You've certainly taken more than two jelly beans. Yes. And we didn't notice it pop up. I think perhaps I was never speaking at the volume I speak in the show. Right, right, right. I was never trying to act. Yeah. I was mumbling was through, through it. The spots, yeah. It's right there. Also, I think there is, I don't know about this, a special fear saliva <laughs> that when you are coming up, you know that in 20 minutes you'll be doing egg bag and you know that you don't know egg bag. <laughs> There's a special kind of saliva that's excreted that reacts with jelly beans to turn it into um, snails, living snails that live in your throat yeah. and slugs. I think there's something, I think maybe life, the primordial stew was in my throat. Yeah. It was creating life in my throat. It was horrible. Even driving home, I was going, ah, ah. Jesus. So the next night, you know what I did? We're going to take these three jelly beans, and this is all Teller gets for his pay for the night. You get all three jelly beans. Because <laughs> Teller, as you know during the show, eats donuts. Yep. Teller eats uh, Doritos. Mm -hmm. Teller eats anything that's near him on stage in the show. Yeah. And he's fine because he doesn't have to talk. Yeah. So he's, he's good. So I just fed him the jelly beans and did not take any. Oh, smart. So the next two nights, it was, give two jelly beans to Teller. Now, you reached into there. You put... Boom. Fluke. <laughs> no, you know, there's the funniest sound a human being has ever made. Yeah. Okay. I've talked about this before. An old fashioned way by W.C. Fields. Yeah. Okay. W.C. Fields is trying to sleep on the back porch of a tenement building. While he's sleeping, trying to sleep, there's people arguing, making noise. There's creaking. It's a very funny scene. But then they do a thing where W.C. Fields finally falls asleep and his mouth is open. And he's sleeping. And there's a little girl up three stories on the fire escape who's eating grapes. And as she's eating grapes, she drops a grape. And the grape falls three stories and lands in W.C. Fields' mouth. And he goes, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I, first time I saw an old-fashioned way, yeah. when I was on TV when I was in high school, yeah. I was hysterical. And you couldn't play it over and over again then. We didn't have right. VCRs. So, so I had to wait till next time it was on and wait yeah. for that noise. And Mark Garland, my friend from high school, and I would make that noise all the time. <laughs> it is exactly the sound of sleeping with a grape dropped in your mouth from three stories up. It is fabulous. That is part of the sound I was making. Yeah. But I was making, if I had popped the jelly beans in my mouth and then went, oh, the audience would have loved it. But 81 minutes of, <laughs> they liked a much less. In eighth grade, we had a teacher, Mrs. McCullough who loved charms lollipops and that was always the prizes for stuff when uh -huh. she'd always sneak one in for herself and if she taught after having a charms lollipop if that saliva coat came into her throat we called it the gurgle <laughs> <laughs> and if she got the gurgle we would become hysterical and just start laughing
And if she cleared her throat and it didn't work, we fell on the floor last So if I were performing yeah. your class, oh, yeah. I would have killed. I, 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 would have, I would have never seen Elsie. I would have been in the principal's office because that's what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> she would kick us all out. Well, I'm telling you, the next show you do, Matt Donnelly, do you have a show coming up? Uh, yeah, I am actually, because I'm trying to revamp it a little bit. So I'm not, I don't have a show until September. Okay. Well, that's September show. Yeah. If you want, yeah. if it seems too easy for you. <laughs> Take three jelly beans three minutes into the show, okay? And that was Penn Sunday School. That was Penn Sunday School. Cha cha cha. And to our listening You become naked. By the way, no means no, maybe means no, and often yes means no. That's my official statement. When a data means no. No, 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 no. You know, we love you. Can anybody to thank there, Matt Donnelly? Yes, I do. The following people, because they support us on Patreon. That's Dante Peace. Damian Martin, Adam Luce bought Penn's book just so he could try placing his balls in that velvet bag and send Penn the picture. Well, thank you. <laughs> Timo Tiha, Mark Pickenheim, Miriam Engels, Scott Kelly, Kelly M., Adam Burzens, Matthew Applehands, Fractured Adventures, Carlos Alvarez, Michael Cornwall, Ross Devereaux, Rue Dudley, Ryan Matthews, Jeff Bacher. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Eric Dobell, Michael Torbay, Elon Lee, Jacob McCulley, Kelsey Johnson, Nicole Martin, Crazy Cat Lady Scoop, Nick Hemsing, Music Man, Jamie Thrasher, and Rachel Hawkins. Thank you so much. Thank you. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.